today, I invite you to take your scriptures in hand and turn with me to 2 Samuel chapter 9 and verse 7. The book of 2 Samuel chapter what? And verse 7. The Bible says, So David said to him, Do not fear, for I will surely show you kindness for Jonathan, your father's sake, and will, and will restore to you all the land of Saul, your grandfather, and you shall eat bread at my table continually. The topic today for a sermon, you got to follow me, it's a little bit long, but it is a question by a man we're going to study today who said, what is your servant? that you should regard a dead dog like me? What is your servant that you should regard a dead dog like me? Let's pray. <clears throat> Our Father, here we are again in your temple. It's for sure that we worship you every single day. But today is a special day. It is your day. It's the day that you created. Father, for us as your people to participate in a gathering that brings you praise, honor, and glory. Father, we're here today with so many things going on in our lives, some of which cause us much pain, some of which we have no capacity to overcome. There are times in which we fail and fail again. But Father, we are here. We're here because we recognize our total dependency upon you. We're here because we do recognize that the only solution to the problem of sin is a vibrant faith and trust in our Lord Jesus Christ. And so we come, Father, to just magnify your name. And we're here today to hear a word from you. We ask in the name of Jesus that you'll speak to us individually. And that you'll also speak to us corporately. 
Father, I sub submit all that I am into your hands. I give you all of my faculties willingly to learn from you and to have you speak to me and to us all. Father, I ask that as you speak to us today, that we would receive edification. But beyond that, we're seeking transformation. So may as we hear your word, help us to put it into practice by the help and power of your Holy Spirit. So bless this time, Father. Teach us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. David, you remember him, right? A man who had some ups and some downs. Correct? It was David, that shepherd boy, who grew up to actually be a man after God's own heart. The king of Israel. This David had a friend, a very good friend, by the name of Jonathan. Together they formed a very good bond. In fact, such a good bond that Jonathan made a covenant with David one day, and the covenant expressed how much he loved David and how much he truly desired the help of David when he became king. In fact, Jonathan recognized, as one man said, that David would one day be king and requested protection for himself and his family when David would take the throne. Jonathan saw what was in the heart of David. And he wanted, just in case, if he should die in battle, that David would promise him that he would take care of his family. The very thing that he asked David to do actually happened. In fact, Jonathan's father, King Saul, and Jonathan, and Jonathan's brothers, all died in battle one day. And sure enough, David was now left with a burning desire as king to keep his promise to Jonathan. And so the Bible says, 2 Samuel 9, verse 1, it says, Now David said, Is there still anyone who is left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? Is there any family lineage 
left from Saul. He wanted to know, correct? So that he could fulfill his promise to Jonathan. And there was a certain servant of the house of Saul whose name was Ziba. So when they had called him to David, the king said to him, are you Ziba? He said, at your service. Then the king said, is there not still someone of the house of Saul to whom I may show the kindness of God? And Ziba said to the king, yes. Yes. You see, the brothers died. The father died. But now Ziba said, there is still a son of Jonathan who is lame in his feet. There's one child left. Everybody has been slaughtered. But there's one child left and he's crippled completely. So the king said to him, where is he? You know, that is so powerful right there. Where is he? Because the moment he heard he was crippled, a crippled person during that time was treated like an outcast. They were completely dependent upon others, and no one wanted to render that kind of service. But David did not care. He was just so happy to know that at least one child is still alive. And I love what David said. Where is he? You remember God saying, Adam, where are you? God went on the move for Adam. It's not as if God did not know where Adam was. <laughs> are you with me? He knew exactly where he was. But God wanted to show Adam that even though he felt so guilty and useless for what he has done, and even though he's hiding from him, guess what? I am still pursuing you because I love you. Adam, where are you? Ziba said to the king, indeed, he is in the house of Machir, the son of Amiel in Lord Debar. And the king sent and brought him out of the house of Machir, the son of Amiel from Lodabar. And now you get to hear the name of this person who was hiding in Lodabar, crippled, alone. This person was no other than a man by the name of Mephibosheth. The Bible says in verse 6, now when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, 
the son of Saul, had come to David, he fell on his face and prostrate himself. Then David said, Mephibosheth. And he answered, Here is your servant. So David said to him, Do not be afraid. The story of Mephibosheth it's such a powerful story. I mean, you're going to see how much it shares how much God loves his people. This brother, this brother at the age of five years old, when the war was taking place in Israel, and the nurses who were taking care of this five-year-old little baby, the nurses taking care of him, they saw what was happening to his family. And the only thing they could have done to save this, this, little, this little boy was to pick him up and to run away. Because as soon as the daddy is slaughtered, they're coming after the other family. So they knew they have to run out of the city. And that's exactly what she was trying when she took the boy, and while she was running out of the city with the boy, she dropped him. Accidentally, I would say. And when he fell, he fell in such a way that the only thing I can think of is that he broke his back. That rendered him what? Crippled. It's the only thing I can think of, right? He fell, and at the age of five, became crippled. Wow. As I read this text, I said, thank God for the brother named Makir, the son of Amiel, who lived in Lodabar. Someone took this crippled child and kept him in their house. And so Mephibosheth was a person, a kid, who really felt outcast. This was a brother crippled. He had to depend on people for food, for everything, basically, wouldn't you say? And this is how he was living his life. In fact, he was broke. Think about it. This was a child who was in line to be the very king of Israel. I mean, wealth was in his grasp. Power was in his grasp. He could be prince and king, and that was in his future until this happened to him. So he was losing so much, not only his feet, but I could only think that this, 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 little, this little boy felt so depressed, lost his family, living in a home that wasn't his, lost his inheritance and his opportunity to become king, poor, 
isolated and lonely. Mm. And then, the only thing I could think this brother had in mind when will I die? It's a daily occurrence for him. Alone. No future for him. And then, one day, hallelujah, one day he heard a knock at his door. Someone came looking for him. I thought about this and I wondered, Mephibosheth was probably thinking, I wonder if they found me feeling so scared. Are you with me? I wonder if finally they got their chance to get rid of me. But at the door was a man named Ziba with a message from a king named who? David. Mephibosheth, King David would like to see you in Jerusalem. Come with me. I mean, when I read this story and I see how someone can be in the dumps and feel as if God has moved away from them. Sure enough, people have. But maybe feeling like God doesn't answer their prayers. God is not interested in their lives. I mean, here am I, and I'm just all alone, and suddenly... I knock at the door. I tell you what, friends. For people who know the Lord, let me just say this. I believe we are all Mephibosheth. Are you with me? We all have this kind of experiences in one way or another. And some people, some pe people choose not to recognize the Lord Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And so guess what? When they get the knock, they don't move. But Mephibosheth, he got a knock and he answered the door. In fact, scripture says, so David said to him, do not fear, for I will surely show you what? Kindness. Number one, for Jonathan's father's sake. Number two, and will restore you all the what? Land of Saul, your what? Can you imagine that? He, he's talking to him there. And he said, I've, I've, come, I've come to you to bring you to David. And when he went to David, then David said, I just love this, what David said to him. And we're going to look at it in a little, little bit more in depth. Then David said, and you shall eat bread at my table continually. <laughs> I mean, this is so amazing. First things first. I will show you the kindness 
for the sake of who? Jonathan. In other words, I had a contract. I had a covenant with Jonathan that I must fulfill. And I'm here, Mephibosheth, to share with you the blessings of that covenant. I mean, yes, Mephibosheth, you feel useless, useless. Yes, you feel like a dead dog. Are you with me? You're a dog, but because you're a cripple, you can't do nothing to help your servant or serve him. You feel useless, worthless. Yes, Mephibosheth, you are physically crippled, but also spiritually crippled. Me, Mephibosheth, I am a sinner. We are sinners. We are Mephibosheths. We are enemies of God. Are you with me? We deserve the punishment from God. However, I have a contract. I have a covenant with Jonathan. Can you see Jesus saying, yes, that's how you feel. Yes, that's where you were. But I made a covenant with my father for you. Are you with me? For God so loved the world that he gave his what? Only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not what? I made a covenant for every Mephibosheth's. That even though you might be spiritually crippled, you can have legs, spiritual legs to walk on. You can have spiritual life, abundant life, because of the contract, the covenant that I made with my father. And that covenant was sealed on the cross. And it's available for any person who sense. That they are like Mephibosheth. Wow. What Jesus has done for mankind is just utterly amazing. Mephibosheth had a permanent physical damage from the fall. But because of the contract that Jesus made, with his father, Mephibosheth can be healed from his lameness. Amen? I can't, I will never forget the day when I give my heart to Jesus Christ. All the guilt of my past, I knew was now going to be buried. I will never be dug up by him. People might do that. Yes, they might go and dig up my past. I say all kinds of mess. But there's one person who don't want to hear nothing about it anymore. And that's Jesus Christ. You and I can have confidence to know that once we give our, our hearts to Jesus Christ, that he will forgive us. From the east is from the what? From the north is from the? 
He will forgive us and never bring it back to our account. I love when I'm teaching baptism to people. I love to tell them that now consider your sins in that pool. The moment you come up, it won't come up with you. Are you with me? It's done away with. And the first thing we need to know when we think about Mephibosheth is it's time to move away from our past. Once you put it before Jesus, he will forgive you and he will cleanse you and he will begin a new life with you. Maybe there's someone here today who needs to say, I want to be a healed Mephibosheth. You know, the beautiful thing is this. God not only bless us spiritually, he's not only in the business to forgive us. That's a spiritual blessing. But you know what the Bible said here? We just read it. Mephibosheth wasn't just blessed spiritually. The Bible said in verse 7, and will restore you all the land of Saul, your grandfather. In fact, David said, I'm going to give you all the farmlands. And I want you to plant. Are you with me? Land gives food and land gives wealth. Isn't that true? He was saying to Mephibosheth, I am going to bless you physically, not only spiritually. And God is ready in the business to do that for every one of his children. When God bless someone with forgiveness, he also bless them with raw power. You got to remember that. He blesses each person with the power to overcome sin, and that is tangible. That's the way in which we can change, and we can become more like him. And he's ready to do that for every single person who comes to him, recognizing their weakness recognizing their utter failure, recognizing that the only person that they could need at this time is King Jesus. Finally, he didn't only bless him with physical, spiritual blessings. But the Bible said, blessed him also with his presence. Do you know in this 13th verse chapter of 2 Samuel chapter 9, do you know four times it, in this chapter it said that you shall eat bread at my table? For God to mention that four times in this one little chapter, he's trying to communicate something. He's trying to say to you continually, he's trying to say to you, I want you to know that for as long as you shall li live on planet earth and beyond, that I will have a table where my presence is going to be with you. Are you with me? In fact, uh, let me see here. Uh, there, there, there are four times 
that is mentioned right here in this, in this text. In chapter 7, in verse 7, we read it. Look at verse 10. Look at verse 10. You therefore and your sons and your servants shall work the land for him and you shall bring in the harvest that your master's son may have food to eat. But Mephibosheth, your master's son, shall eat bread at what? My table always. Go plant the food. Bring it to Mephibosheth. But guess what? When he eats, he's not eating with you. He's eating with me. He's going to be right there with me. And that's telling us that Jesus wants to be our close forever friend. Are you with me? He wants to develop a relationship with us so that we see him as the first priority of life. We begin to love him more than everything else. That's what he's after. In fact, look at verse 11. Then Ziba said to the king, according to all that my lord the king has commanded his servant so will your servant do but as for Mephibosheth said the king he shall eat at my table like one of the king's son come on y'all we are sons and daughters of God that's how he views people who come and give their hearts to him the same way a father treats a son, it's the same way that Jesus wants to treat you and I. Are you with me? You and me. Look at verse 13, the last verse. So Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem. For he ate continually at the king's what? Even though he was lame. This is, uh, so, so we have a person who was considering himself as a dead dog. Are you with me? Thinking that he was all alone by himself, has no friends, just a lonely life, crippled, no inheritance, filled with poverty. No hope in his future. Thinking that all is lost. But that's the very situation that God desires to step into. When we feel that everything is lost. The marriage ain't going right and it's not coming back. The health is in such a bad state. The doctors don't have no hope for us. The finances it is so much in a negative. There's absolutely no way we can see it coming back. And in fact, even with all of that mess, we have no hope of a life after death. That is the situation. No matter how helpless you might feel right now, or I might feel right now, that's the perfect situation for God to come 
and give a knock. Maybe right now, somebody might be feeling that all is gone. You might be here today or watching online feeling that there's no way back. You have probably gone too far, done some stuff that you believe that God would never forgive you of. It might be that you might be in a situation where you feel hopeless. There's no help out there for you. Today, God is knocking at your heart's door. And he's also knocking at mine's. The question is, are we willing enough, like Mephibosheth, to say, come in and get me? Are you with me? Are you willing to allow Jesus to come into your life and begin to make those changes? The scripture here is saying, that he's ready to do just that. In fact, right now, Revelation, Revelation 19, verse 9, Revelation 3, all shares. Matter of fact, Luke 22, verse 30, also shares that he's planning a banquet table right now for his people. Luke 22, we can close with that, this scripture. Luke 22, verse 30. Jesus, Jesus said this. Luke 22, chapter what? Luke 22, verse 30. Jesus said, I'll read from verse 28. But you are those who have continued with me in my trials. And I bestow upon you a kingdom just as my father bestowed one upon me. That you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom. And sit on thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. I don't know what kind of curry business he's planning. Some kind of curry meal he's planning up there. I don't quite know what the menu is going to look like and taste like. But all I know is that God is spreading a huge table for anyone feeling like Mephibosheth but willing to surrender their life to him. He's planning that table right now for us. The question is, is there anyone in this congregation today who is willing to say, Lord, like Mephibosheth, accept me for who I am and forgive me, restore me, Fill me with hope. Is there anyone here 
we'd like to stand before the Lord and say, I'm receiving that from Jesus today. I'm receiving his forgiveness. I'm receiving his power and blessing. And I'm receiving his hope that he's offering right now in my life. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Even though Mephibosheth did not get his feet healed, he got his spiritual life healed. Are you with me? Let's pray. Father, I just want to thank you for the story. I really thank you for sharing with us today the story of love and kindness. That was oozing out of the heart of your servant, King David. The way he treated Mephibosheth simply shows how you treat sinners. It simply shows how much you express kindness and love to the people you created. It shows us, Father, what your heart is like that it doesn't matter how far a person may have gone, there's always hope and grace available for them. It shows us, Father, that you are the judge and that you are the lover of humanity. Today we stand before you declaring to you on this Sabbath day that we are yours. We're saying to you, Father, that there's no more hiding that we hope to do because we don't need to anymore. We're saying to you that right now we understand that being our creator, that you're also our redeemer. That you have you have not only provided a means for us to be in a right relationship with you, but you have provided raw power for us to live with each and every day. So all the mess of this life can be changed throughout the process of time. And Father, you have showed us so clearly that sin will not last forever. Because you have gone to prepare a place for us. And you are setting right now a banquet table for each person who 
make the decision to have you as their Lord and Savior. And so, Lord Jesus, you see those who are standing today and you know the hearts of those who are watching as well. May today be a confirmation that your love for us will never die and you will be with us till the very end. In Jesus' name we pray.